Welcome, travelers. My name is Wyatt419. My name is Gulag Sporer. And welcome. To, and this is a podcast, apparently. Apparently. Yeah, this time we're going to switch things up on our, uh, and talk about something we actually like. What? I, yeah, I know. <laughs> that, uh, that's not why all, uh, all zero of our listeners listen to us. <laughs> yes, uh, all zero listen because uh, uh, most uh, everybody knows an internet critic is someone who hates things unconditionally and complains constantly. Exactly. And then we decided to go against the grain because we did not have what they have, which is expectation. Yeah, or talent. <laughs> Especially talent. <laughs> um, yeah, and this show, aka Death Valley, aka the best show ever made, aka the show that died so that Teen Wolf could live. <laughs> the show that proves that NTV could at least do one thing properly. No, they do, they couldn't. If they did, this this show would have more than one season. But, <laughs> but so uh, so it is. It it died in two thousand eleven, and I to be on uh, to be fair, you never know what could happen with the second season. Uh, a lot of times, the second season is way more um, disappointing than you would hope it would be. So we can all be glad that one season exists, and it was great. I loved it. Yeah, I love it every second. Um, and what makes this show special is because it combines uh, the mockumentary style with an ensemble cast. Basically, what that means is it's like a fake documentary, and it has a a, a large main cast. Uh, when you when you say it's en- ensemble, it normally when you have a show, uh, you have like one or two at most three a main. Uh, characters or like one main character and then two supporting characters and that's that's who you follow but this one we have six main characters um and the way they handle it is actually quite brilliant um because uh it's six main characters but it's three teams of two and you jump between the the characters and then you get time with each character you get to know them unlike some other shows like Vox Machina, where all seven characters are on screen at all times. So the only way you see them is as uh, one-dimensional tropes because you don't have enough time to really flesh out anyone. And by the time they actually get to it, um, you don't care. Yeah, how dare you. Vox Machina is a national treasure. (laughs) (sighs) You don't even play Dungeons & Dragons, so you're allowed to shut the fuck up. Uh, Well, I did. Yeah, well, just because you did doesn't mean you do. Uh, I am the baseline for Dungeons & Dragons opinions. <laughs> you only have bad opinions of Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> well, yeah, but our listeners don't know that. Because <laughs> no, no, no one's listening, so I can't know anything. That's... By that logic, because it's no one, and uh, there's not... Uh, if two guys make a podcast and no one listens to it, does it exist? Uh, maybe, but that's also the amount of people who've seen Death Valley. That is true. Death Valley. No one, no one has reviewed this hidden treasure. And for a hot minute, it was free on YouTube, but the, the motherfucker took it off. Oh, fuck you, Susan Wojcicki. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's watching it. 
<laughs> we took it off. <laughs> Susan. <laughs> it has to be Susan. It's like uh, how people used to say thanks, Obama, to everything. So, because uh, everything can be the fault of one person exclusively. Therefore, uh, by that logic, it should be all be the fault of uh, Elon Musk. Yeah. Uh, if Elon Musk didn't buy uh, Twitter, we wouldn't have had Corona. That is true. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So back to the show. Um, this show is a comedy horror mockumentary ensemble. Um, way too many handles to properly uh, explain what it is. Um, so the, the synopsis goes as follows. Zombies, vampires, and werewolves just suddenly ab- appeared in California. And the, the answer we're given is like, uh, when you ask why, it's like, <laughs> and you know what? I think it works. You, you don't always need to know where everything comes from. Uh, that is the, uh, the rule of horror. Uh, the, the first rule of horror is uh, the more mysterious it is, the more you can uh, accomplish. Because uh, if you leave blank spaces, your audience fills it in for you, and they uh, and they are way better at scaring themselves than what you are. Yeah, and also this is uh, this despite being a comedy, uh, it's way more realistic than any other uh, zombie, vampire, and werewolf show, because it's usually the zombies appear. And then civilization crumbles, whereas here it's just kind of part of their day-to-day. Yes, and zombies are, are treated more like pests because uh, it's explained in the show that in the beginning they're quick and they are uh, compared to attack dogs, but as time goes by, they move much slower. Um, and then they, they do that whole shuffle thing. And uh, because it's California and it's hot the, the entire year, um uh, they they do. It, it's implied that uh, this uh, part where they they slow down happens very very quickly. Um, so what did you think about the vampires? The vampires are awesome. The in the show they're uh, responsible for organized crime, <clears throat> which makes sense because uh, vampires are usually smarter, the smarter of the the monsters. So they, they dabble in organized crimes and they, they're basically like a mafia family. And I think that's actually quite cool because not only um, are they always portrayed as smarter and sexier than humans, um, people are afraid of vampires. Who would, who would give them meaningful employment? How can you trust someone where their sole uh, food source is in your veins? Yeah, so it's just, just drink some diet Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. Uh, I would not wish that upon my worst enemy. <laughs> Just throw, AIDS. throw some red food coloring in it and give it to a vampire. I'm sure they'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, that that might that might work. And then then we have the werewolves, which, in my opinion, is the most interesting way that they portray these creatures. The the police they basically are. Um, uh, social workers, where every full moon they go and check and make sure that they put themselves in uh, their cells because they treat it as um, a danger to themselves and others. Instead of just uh, killing them, they they try to contain them, and I I really like that. Yeah, that that's awesome. 
the most realistic portrayal of where <laughs> and if they get out everyone's like ah oh, shit yes and when they uh, do catch the even if a, a werewolf does kill someone they are <laughs> still treated as someone who uh where uh, the werewolf virus it's out of their control and they're just captured and put in uh, solitary confinement which yeah. is something i also like um but then uh, where the comedy from the show comes from is the contrast between the reality of what is happening and the mundane way it's treated by our uh, main cast it's it's treated like just another day at work, even though it's zombies, vampires, and werewolves. Yeah, because it doesn't matter how horrible the situation is, eventually you'll get used to it. Yes. And that's super realistic. Uh, even something as horrible as going to war, after a while you you do get used to it, even though your mental state is kind of uh, it's destroyed because of all the horrors you've seen, but... We as humans, the reason why we existed so long is the fact that we can get used to anything. And I don't mean we thrive in everything, but we, uh, we can get used to anything. It, it sucks, but uh, it's, it's all about survival. Yeah. All right. So uh, our, six, our six main characters are all great. Uh, and after I introduce them all, um, I'll tell you why they're so great. Uh, in the first uh, team that we meet, it's uh, Officer Joe Stubeck and Billy Pierce. Joe Stubeck, uh, Stubeck is a, a father, a husband. He's, he's that good guy who always tries to do the right thing. Um, and then we have Billy, who's <laughs> an immature man-child who, uh, who only wants to shoot things and get his dick wet. And I love their dynamic. What about you? Yeah, they're my favorite. Um, <laughs> the, despite the one of them being the mature one and the other one the immature one, they still joke around because they're partners. Yes, and not only in, they... in the gay way. <laughs> yeah. uh, not only are they partners, they're friends, and you can tell by the way that they talk to each other and the way they treat each other. Um, and the second group we have Carla Rinaldi and John Johnson, aka John John. Um, I, I like this dynamic because Carla is your like stereotypical tough chick, but she also tries to do the right thing. So no matter what happens, uh, she, she tries to be, um, she's like the tough chick, but she's honest about it. And then you have John, John, who is like this like exceedingly likable jock, that he likes to have fun, and the way he has fun is he beats things to death with a baseball bat. Yeah, which I can relate to on a personal level. <laughs> yes, and the way they uh, they have like this flirtatious relationship, which is supernatural because uh, Carlo uh, sees it as joking around, and John John is it feels like he's testing out the waters to see if he can get anywhere. It's and like, may, may I please have a crumb? <laughs> just, just a crumb. crumb. And she's like, no. Uh, oh, actually, I'm a lesbian. <laughs> yes, until she isn't. Wink, wink. Which is also very realistic. Yes, because uh, people are people. And yeah. people don't know what they want until it's in front of them. And then we have the funniest guy in the show by far. 
up to a, a, a sometimes he's so funny it feels like he's out of place and that would be captain frank dashel he is the comedy glue that holds the show together he's the uh the commanding officer he gives them their missions whenever something goes wrong he's there to help the officers and he also has very very weird dialogue which i love <laughs> and then we have weirdly Kristen, sexual Kirsten landry the, the the character I like the least, but it's fine because she's the rookie who truly wants to prove herself. And also her face is so full of freckles, it looks like uh, her uh, her face should be on the uh, the Necronomicon because it's so, it looks so fucking leathery. Yeah, but despite that, she does pretend to be uh, someone in college, <laughs> which is hilarious. <laughs> Which is uh, realistic for casting in um, sitcoms because, <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm 16, but in, in reality, I'm 39. Yes. <laughs> I walks up to a college like, who invited their mom? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, guys, be quiet. Uh, she can buy us uh, beer. <laughs> Everyone needs to shut the fuck up. She says she will buy us the hard stuff. <laughs> <clears throat> She literally walks in, hello, fellow children. And whenever she goes to, uh, uh, whenever she goes to whatever parties, which we will get to later. All right. So what is your opinion on our cast? Because um, first of all, I just want to say, uh, because the show is built upon the contrast or with comedy, mundanity and horror, uh, what they do with the characters, which I find fascinating and more people should um, emulate, is the fact that you're, uh, in every single interaction, there's always one straight man and one uh, jokester at all times. Uh, like with Joe Stubeck and Billy Pierce, jo uh, Stubeck is always the straight man and Pierce is the, the immature one. Rinaldi and John John. Rinaldi is the straight man. John John is the jokester. Dashiell is the jokester and Landry is the straight man. And when it happens that the teams get mixed up, it uh, someone else takes the um, the reins of the uh, straight man and the other one is the jokester, which I love because it, it sets a tone where it's like serious but joking, um, dangerous but also safe somehow. Um what, what, what did you think? Uh, do, do you think they're all tight and loose at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you make references in my show. <laughs> uh, I'll fucking cancel you on Twitter. <laughs> the joke's I, on you. I don't even know how to work Twitter. Elon <laughs> said I'm not allowed to. I'm bad on Twitter. Feels bad, man. I, I love all of the groups. I think the most important part is that they... When the show starts, they took a, a minute to show the, the group's baseline, and then they start mixing them up. Yes, and also um, uh, in the earlier episodes, they don't even try to uh, do an overarching plot. It's, it's all episodic, just so you can get to know the characters. The exact opposite of what they did in Edge Runners. You... Uh, there's so much time spent on uh, getting to know all these characters that when a plot starts to occur, that you know exactly where you uh, where the characters stand. And I love that. That is uh, great writing. 
Uh, are you insinuating that Edge Runner does not have good characters and good writing? <laughs> I, for um, one, am shocked. Um, I, I want to say I'm offended <laughs> because you said I'm implying it when I stated it explicitly. <laughs> uh, I, I, I made an entire video dedicated to how much I hate Edge Runners, and I have to say, it was a lot of effort and I almost killed myself. <laughs> You try watching that show twice, and then we'll see how you feel. Uh, if I ever have to do that, I'll just kill myself. No, uh, exactly. That means the your mental fortitude is on the same level as David's. Yeah, David. I'm just built different. David, 2076. Uh, David Rodriguez. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I believe it's David F uh, Filion. Filion. Ah, uh, you fucked it up. Okay. So, um, now we're going to do the overview of each episode. Now, uh, the way the show is edited, it jumps between the characters, um, which, which was a good call, because that way, you, uh, f for the whole episode, you, uh, you, never, you never get bored or you think one scene lasts too long, because you jump, everything uh, feels fresh throughout the entire episode. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do everything uh, sequentially, uh, instead of the way that it's edited. So, first off, we introduce to officers Stubeck and Pierce. They hunt down a, a, a zombie, they shoot it in the face. Now, it's done in a very horror style, but the second they shoot the zombie, they're like, we're going to get some choco tacos. Yeah. And then the sound guy throws up, and then Billy's like, not that guy. <laughs> uh, which uh, perfectly sums up the tone of the show, where... Danger is a is a part of it, but then there's always also a bunch of comedy. Yeah, they're already used to all the horror, so when they shoot a zombie, they're like, "Oh shit, it's Monday." <laughs> <laughs> I've got a case of the Mondays. Yeah, and I love it. Uh, it's it's so great, and then you get to know, um, uh, you get to the the station, and then you have uh, Captain Dashiell give them a speech, uh, and him being. Uh, an incoherent mess and i loved every single second of it yeah uh, a lot of sexual in innuendos ensue not innuendos the one uh, the sound guy's like i've got some tips for you to make you sound better and he's like i've got a tip for you more than a tip and i know exactly how to make a man feel like a woman that's <laughs> not an innuendo that's sexual harassment and i loved it hey uh uh, in the MTV world, we don't have sexual harassment. We have, uh, we only have struggle snuggles. Yes, as is the way of the the aka Pop TV. <laughs> uh, it's MTV. I know how to spell it. <laughs> okay, so then we go, uh, we then follow Officer Stubeck and Pierce um, as they stake out a hotel for vampire prostitution. It's uh, the blood for sex and i uh, i think it's great i love the fact that uh vampires do all the crimes because yeah. it fits because yeah. most crimes are committed at night and th that fits perfectly with the the sexy nature of vampires yeah those are fucking lazy get uh, can't be bothered to go out and hunt their prey so they, they stand by their local uh fast food restaurant and sell their bodies for blood yes uh and then um Dubek and Pierce, they, they go in, a big vampire pimp fights them, uh, Billy gets uh, kills him, 
And then when they go back to the station, uh, Pierce then gets uh, kidnapped. And then Stubeck has to go uh, grab the body and take it to the vampires. Now, I also think that Stubeck here is shown to be very resourceful and very uh, clever because he, he hid a gun inside of the body of the vampire and his uh, police car was full of UV lights. So that that's how he managed to get Billy back. I thought that was very clever. What about yeah. you? Uh, stroke of genius. I was like, <laughs> in most other shows, he would have just gone there. I'm a man of my word. I said I would come alone and I did. And he's like, fuck you, vampire. I'm coming with the of gun. It's a UV gun. I know, I know how to spell it. I'm, <laughs> I'm not dumb. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, or, or what uh, most lesser shows or movies would have done is they would have said, oh, I'm alone. And it's like, oh, you're alone. I'm going to kill you. And it's like... Uh, I had my fingers crossed behind my back the entire time. Uh, I, I actually have a bunch of friends here with way more guns than you. And then the bad guys are like, oh, Don, it's time for me to get raped in prison. Or, or they would have taken the Harry Potter approach where it's like, I'm going to molest this old guy with my magic hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that, that reminds me of a Gone with the Wind reference. Uh, Harry Potter goes up to Voldemort's like, you see these hands? They can tear you to pieces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, Mr. Potter. <laughs> Mr. Potter, I need an adult. <laughs> uh, uh, there's like Don walks away. <laughs> yeah, most of the people in Harry Potter needs an adult because... Uh, um, my opinion on Harry Potter is it's not a very well-written story and the only people who like that uh, is a bunch of women and men who act like women. Yeah, everything in Harry Potter is fake and gay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, in most fantasy it's fake, but in this one it's extra gay. <laughs> yeah, but a gay after the fact, like 10 years later, uh, uh, the creator of Harry Potter finally admits that Dumbledore was getting rammed in the ass the entire time. <laughs> That's why he he was always so chill. He had that after uh, that after six glow. <laughs> so who was his boyfriend? Uh, my money is on Dobby because he likes the socks. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Dobby, uh, you have received the crusty sock. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Dobby found the poop sock. <laughs> uh, that's the fourth deathly hallow. <laughs> Right. Dobby, then you throw your shock into the goblet of fire. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbledore asked calmly. Dobby, <laughs> <laughs> we know it's your sock because it's so stiff it didn't fall in. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beard to the fire it's still in there it smells weird it, it doesn't it's not, it didn't stop burning for like 20 minutes we had to evacuate the school Dobby <laughs> fuck you Dobby <laughs> I wish someone would throw a knife at your heart okay moving along um and also, we uh, in this episode, we get uh, shown that uh, Officer Ladry isn't someone you should actually fuck with because 
I'm not sure if it was a zombie or a vampire or whatever, but some ugly homeless guy walks in and she beats the shit out of him with no mercy whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and I have to say, it was it was it was a, a, a it's more of a subversion of the trope of the rookie, because in this case, the rookie is the one who's most capable in hand to hand combat out of everyone. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you guys were at the academy. I was doing MMA. Yes, <laughs> I was doing MMA at the academy, and it, it was like, we don't like you because you're a rookie. And it's like, okay. <laughs> uh, she can she beats the shit out of everyone, but she's too afraid to stand up for herself uh, in the beginning, which which is odd, but uh, kind of realistic because being assertive and being good at fighting can be mutually exclusive. Yes. Okay. And then we move along to John John and Rinaldi. I like these two's interactions because um, everybody feels like real people, but these two actually feel like um, people who are about to become like a couple, the way they talk to each other, <laughs> the way John John uh, makes jokes. And like, uh, I, I like them both a lot. Yeah. And then John John's like, uh, oh, I, I work out. And she's like, yeah, I, I noticed. I, I just don't have to say it. Yeah, because you obviously work out. Baka. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like I think you're fit or anything. <laughs> it's because I'm gay. <laughs> it's because I'm kind of queer, you know? Yeah. It's like, understandable. <laughs> Have a nice day. At least for um, 10 seconds. Yeah, and then they get called to a donut shop, and John John, being the 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 best guy, is like, "Oh, I, I want to go there because that's the only st- a good stereotype about being a police officer." Uh, Rinaldi walks in, and she's like, "Oh, look, he's still eating a donut." And then John John proves again that after a while you can get used to anything. He's like, "That's not a donut," and then he smiles, and he's like, "That's a hand," and it's like, <laughs> "Oh shit." Yeah, shit then, just got real. Yes, and then w- the, we find out there's actually more zombies in there than they expected, and it's actually a kind of tense scene. It's it's almost as if the people who made the show are are lovers of horror. Yeah, because uh, the the slow uh, the pacing slows down immediately as John John goes into the back looking for for zombies, and then suddenly you get all these zombies running at them. They they fight the zombies back, and then the the sound guy gets bitten, and then they have to execute him. Yeah, all all played seriously, despite being a comedy show. It know it knows that in a horror situation, people will be frightened at least for a second. Yes, and in my opinion, um, because in all uh, kinds of genres, uh, let's say like action, drama, or romance. Or in all genres, you have your build-up and your release. In uh, something like action, romance, or drama, you have your build-up, but your release is done over time. But where comedy and horror are similar is that release is immediate. You have your build-up, you have your punchline, you laugh. In uh, horror, you have your build-up, and then your um, creature gets shown, you get a jump scare or something. It's a very quick release. And I think that's why uh, what they capitalize on to make this a good show, because you have your uh, your your humor and shit, and then your release, and then you have your horror parts where it's a build up and a release, and every and all the uh, everything 
gets its uh, time to shine. Because one thing I hate uh, is, uh, for example, like the the Marvel formula where something happens, they don't give it a second to breathe. It's like, oh, uh, this thing happened. We have to leave. Or this thing happened. Let me make a pee joke. Um, in this show, they actually give whatever happens its due respect and chance to breathe. When the guy gets bitten, they don't make a joke about like, oh, uh, uh, it seems like you're, you're zomb- it's zombie time or shit like that. It's like, you're bitten. You're done. And the, the, and the joke is he beats him to death while he's still a uh, human with a baseball bat. That's the joke. And it's amazing. Yeah, it's a, yeah best joke. <clears throat> yes. Baseball and that's bat. episode one. More happens in episode one of Death Valley than the entire season of Edge Runners. <laughs> yeah. And and I like all these people. I, you uh, you were given a good uh, indication to their personalities, how they handle things, everything in the first episode. It's almost as if the uh, they want you to like them before they are given plot. Yeah. <laughs> what? I'm so... Everyone knows you're not supposed to like your character, get touched, them. You're just supposed to throw random people in random situations and rake in the money. Yes, and play Imagine Dragons, and yeah. then the kids are like, you know what? This is a masterpiece of uh, queer representation. Yeah, here we are. Don't look away now. I want to look away. I hate <laughs> Imagine Dragons. We are the warriors that built this 4x4 four four block in Minecraft. <laughs> warriors don't build things, they stab. <laughs> oh, well, uh, clearly you're acting hysterical because. Oh, sorry, I realized uh, what, I, what I did there. And I would like to apologize to absolutely no one. <laughs> you have to pray to whatever God you believe in. <laughs> How can I do that when I don't even believe in myself? <laughs> All right, so now we go to episode two. We are given the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. A poster where Stubeck and P.S. <laughs> Give each other a hug, and it's called Partners Provide Protection. Yes. Because this episode is about uh, help us to help you, and I loved it. Because (laughs) Partners Provide Protection is genius, because it not only uh, does it imply that uh, police officers uh, help the community, it's your sexual partner should give a condom. Yeah. And I love it. (laughs) And it gets referenced throughout the episode, and I love that as well. Yeah. What makes it even better is uh, the one cop has his hand on the other one's belly, (laughs) proving that he is submissive and breedable. Oh, I love that, yes. (laughs) Um, And in this episode, uh, Pierce and Stubeck, they follow the vampire uh, prostitute, Sophia, that we met in the previous episode. And she's given some some screen time. And then you see Stubeck actually wants to help her, even though she is a vampire, which uh, helps you to uh, gauge his personality even more, where he's this good guy who only wants to help people. He's like the father figure of the group. And I think he does that very well. And then <laughs> Pierce is, like, is being an arsehole. He's doing his best, and he succeeds at being the biggest douchebag you've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> uh Asking her in Spanish, Donna este home, Sophia. 
<laughs> that, that means are you hungry? Uh, no, I believe it means where is the library? <laughs> that, that's porque esta pendejo. <laughs> uh, uh, my mistake. It's okay. We all make mistakes, just like your mother. <laughs> so, um, and then Billy being an asshole, and then they see Sophia gets um, attacked by by another vampire. But when they get in there, they're too late and she dies. One of my favorite scenes occurs. It's when she dies, Billy runs after the vampire because that is in his nature to do. And then Stubeck just takes a quick second to just put a, a, a towel over her, show, showing he, it's it's actually quite touching the way he he, he respects the uh, he was. I don't know if it's respect or the fact or his empathy, because he just cares so much. He's yes. there because he cares. Billy is there because he he's legally allowed to kill things. Legally, he passed the test and everything. Yes, uh, he's like that uh, because uh, Billy is like that guy who joins the military because he can. He's legally allowed to kill people, but. Um, that also helps, but he also has this weird respect for, for Stubeck because whenever he says something or does something, he always looks for Stubeck's approval like he's his dad. Yeah. And I and I like that. <laughs> because partners provide protection. <laughs> you, 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 you should always provide protection for your partner. Yeah. <laughs> remember, to, remember to remind your bro that he's submissive and breathable. <laughs> Just remember one thing, always provide protection for your partner because you can either get AIDS or worse, a baby. Yeah, possibly a tapeworm. Mm. Possibly. Tapeworms are great to keep that, that uh, you nice and lean and trim because it eats all your food before you get to. Okay. And then after that, we go to John John and Rinaldi and they, they find these teenagers... Uh, the the worst thing to ever exist. Uh, they are attacking zombies, but they tell them, "Hey, listen, listen, you stupid kids. These are get off zombies. my lawn." Yeah, they are. These are old zombies. Uh, if you if you uh, find a freshie, they're gonna they're gonna be on you, lickety split, as they say. Yeah, uh, as the Generation Z says. Yeah. And then the kids are like, oh, we're just doing what the poster said. And it's like, help us, help you. And they're like, what that means is you should call the cops. And they're like, oh, say hello to the gay cops for us. And Ronaldo's like, they're not gay. They just look gay. Yeah. Being respectful, she says it under her breath. Yes, in such a way that no one can hear except the audience, which makes it funnier. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, they, they, do, they do look very gay. <laughs> they do look super gay. And then they leave after a while and then they come back and then it turns out these teenagers were bitten and then they fight these teenagers off. And the uh, the action scenes are always played 100% straight. It doesn't matter if someone's a jokester or a straight man. The, the, the action scenes are always played 100% straight. And then jokes are made before that and after that, which is great. I can't stop not loving the show. All right. It's a it's a solid seven out of ten. Um, it's a solid seven out of seven. <laughs> Son of a how, bitch! How dare you? <laughs> Everyone knows ratings mean everything. 
Yes, that's why I'm saying it's seven out of seven, you dumbass. Yeah, that's why and Rotten Tomatoes is the baseline for opinions. And that IMDb, and IMDb. Yeah. Um, and then we get to the best part of the episode. Dashiell goes to Landry and tells her, "We're gonna go uh, on patrol." And they they <laughs> they get called in. Uh, people think there's something in their roof, and it's a rat. <laughs> And Dashiell's like, that's not our problem. That's for animal control. And then Landry decides that this scene needs comedy. And what does she do? <laughs> she insists that the police take valuable time to catch a rat. And that ends well for absolutely no one. Yes. Because uh, as, he, uh, as the rat uh, comes out of the roof and goes into the couple's home, Dashiell destroys the place, fills it up with smoke. <laughs> he shoots at it. Uh, these he does people... kill it. He, do he does get the rat. Yes. And Landry should have done what, uh, what Light Yagami should have done to, uh, to win. And that was nothing. If she had just kept her mouth shut, done nothing then her, her night would not have been ruined. And that's the same with Yagami Light in Death Note. He should have done nothing and he would have won. Yes. <laughs> uh, are, are, you, are you saying that, that death, a show where a teenager gets a magic book is unrealistic? I'm not saying it's unrealistic. What I'm saying is Yagami Light isn't close to as intelligent as they would like you to believe. Um... He should have uh, done nothing or focused on people in other countries. And then there would, be, would have been like, I have no idea what's going on. Let's leave. Yeah. I'm going to go solve other crimes unrelated to this. Go to Canada where people are being murdered left and right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Nepal. <laughs> And then we can retire in Alaska. Let's go to Ghana. Uh, please, no. Don't go, to, uh, don't go to anywhere in Africa. Don't go to anywhere ever and just kill yourself. Yes. Okay. And now we're going to go to episode three. Episode three was a very good episode. Because um, not only are we, we shown um, how resourceful the vampires are we're also shown that oh it's time for plot and the plot is the plot is thickening the, like plot is, the plot is knocking at the door <laughs> it is all right so <clears throat> in this episode um the utf donate blood and uh because they want to show a united front against the vampires and then a bunch of blood mobiles get hijacked um and then as John John and Rinaldi try to catch up to them, they are they get trapped inside of a bloodmobile without any ammo because they're like, oh, we're just going to investigate. And then suddenly there's a bunch of zombies around them, which was actually very well done and is realistic because why would you take out all your um, ammo, uh, a bunch of ammo you don't need when there's just an empty vehicle? Yeah, and that's why you always need a bat. Bat never runs out of ammo. That is true. Uh, you can quote that John John 2011 <laughs> <laughs> uh, another reminder that this show ran for one season and then nobody watched it 
That's true. It's it's uh, a travesty. Um, and then they get in contact with um, Stubeck and Pierce, who then come to give them ammo in exchange for cookies. Because yeah, uh, you can't give away ammo free. <laughs> yes, give them some cookies. <laughs> uh, and while that is going on, Dashiell then goes to Officer Landry and tells her to, I need you to go undercover as someone who's not 39. <laughs> yeah, because I, when I look at your face, I see like, <laughs> and then he closes his eyes, some, someone in their 20s. And then he, he throws up a little bit, or at least <laughs> I would have. Um, and then he's like, uh, go to this party to find out what she's doing. Because this is one thing that they do, uh, which kids actually do, where they use acronyms for everything. Uh, GBGB, and he's like, what is this? What does this mean? Yeah, get and blood, get Gary Busey. <laughs> Gary Busey. <laughs> uh, I wish I could go to that party to meet Gary Busey. Hello, Gary Busey. You want to fuck me? <laughs> I'm not a woman. He's like, that doesn't matter. Uh, it's like, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> And then uh, you you tell him the greatest insult. You're like, point break wasn't that good. And then he, he turns into dust. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, it turns out that GBGB means give blood, get buzzed. Because the show not only uh, uses its monsters the way they're supposed to be used, they also add some uh, some elements to them, which I liked. For example, in this case, you have something that they call a black kiss. Uh, this, uh, some sort of spittle that the uh, vampires create inside of their mouths. They kiss you and you get fucked up. Which I think is great because it's uh, something people would do. They're, uh, they're like, oh, vampires exist. That's scary. They And then someone says, they do this thing with their, their mouths that fuck you up. <laughs> like, oh, it's a blowjob. No, they, they they spit in your mouth and it makes you high. And then people are like, that's even better. I want you to spit in my mouth. Do it. <laughs> yes, do it. Do it. Do it again. <laughs> like, I already spit in your mouth four times. I don't have any more. And then in a, another show where uh, one of the vampires is an awkward teenager, the only way he can get friends is to spit in their mouths so that they can get high. No, that actually sounds like a kind of anime. It's like, oh no, I am, I'm only a 9 out of 10 instead of a 10 out of 10 like everyone else in this anime world. Only Nobody 5 foot 10. <laughs> I'm only 5 foot 11 and a half. <laughs> I can like get a midget. <laughs> That's why not even my parents like me. If, it, if only I did something about this neon colored hair, I can, I can get some bitches on my dick. Yes, I only have a six-pack and not an eight-pack like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> I can only bench press 225 pounds where everyone else can bench press 315. Oh, I'm a failure of a human. I mean vampire, damn it. <laughs> I only way I can get friends is to spit in their mouth. Yes, and then he somehow gets the most popular girl in school and she wants spit in the, uh, him to spit in her mouth. Not because she wants to get fucked up, but because she wants to get fucked, but she doesn't tell him for 212 episodes. Yes, based on a light novel. <laughs> turn into a manga, turn into an anime. Turn into a live action feature film. <laughs> Produced by Netflix. Oh, Stop. 
my penis can only get so erect. Okay, so... Um, and what I liked about this is because this is actually where the plot begins. Uh, the first two episodes, uh, they're only uh, like those uh, episode, uh, episodic episodes. Shit happens, self-contained episodes. And this one is the first time that the overarching plot gets revealed. And that is with the uh, vampire who does the spitting of the mouths. His name is uh, Rico. And then uh, one of my favorite things happens where he gives um, Landry a black kiss and then she spits it as she snowballs another guy. Yeah. <laughs> a Brazilian snow job. <laughs> Brazilian snow job. Like, ew, ew, <laughs> how do you, gross. <laughs> there are non-existent children listening to this. Yeah, uh, it's okay. I'll, I'll mark this for eighteen plus. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and even negative, uh, we'll have negative viewers. It's like this video is worthless. We look at it. It says negative twelve. It's like this is less than worthless. <laughs> less than worthless, my boy. That is true. Um, and then she goes back to Dashiell and he's like, okay, tell me what happened. Do I need to, uh, because if something happened, he's going to put a, a, someone with more experience on the case. And she's like, oh no, nothing happened. She lied to him because um, she wants to prove herself. And that, is, that was evident from the beginning when we met her that she wants to prove herself, but she's never given an opportunity. So yeah. she lies uh, and that's so in character. It's really a case of, Everybody was sitting around the table uh, when they wrote this, and they're like, "Okay, how can we make this make sense? Because we don't, we want to uh, keep on going, and we have this one show we we're competing against. It's based upon a movie from the '80s where a kid turns into a werewolf, and they all laugh. They're like, "This show's gonna get multiple seasons, and Teen Wolf is gonna die." Yeah, unfortunately, they were wrong because because we were putting all our love and effort into it, and they watched the first episode of Teen Wolf and they throw up. Yes, have you watched Teen Wolf? I've watched one episode. I can remember exactly nothing. <laughs> it sucked because they they, they did that thing uh, that DC did where it's all dark and stupid and shit and they play lacrosse who the fuck lacrosse? plays lacrosse are, are they apparently <laughs> are they closeted homosexuals I want to say one thing about lacrosse it's it's uh, so, simultaneously the gayest and most brutal thing I've ever seen because they have this ball that's about as, as soft as concrete that they throw with these net sticks <laughs> that, could, that could crack your sternum. Yet they <laughs> run around like little homos. <laughs> okay, well, I'm, uh, I, we need to stop right now. I'm going to go play some lacrosse. Uh, okay. uh, by the way, this whole vampire um, uh, plot where... Uh, we have the rookie that goes undercover in a like a university party. That's an amazing scenario for a tabletop game, or at, at the very least, uh, a, a good um, either starting off point or a very good uh, way to introduce plot. Yes, and, and uh, that's why they did it. It's fantastic because they can uh, they can let the plot breathe because Landry decided to shut her mouth. And also, um, they can use this to introduce more information, which they do. 
Yes. And in the worst timeline, she's like, oh, nothing happened. And Cap is like, okay, you don't have to go back ever. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and then we as the audience wouldn't get more information. Because I love um, exposition. Even if it's bad exposition. I just like knowing things. Yeah. But the way that this show handles exposition is, is very clever. Because what's the, uh, what's the easiest way to give exposition? In the form of people talking to each other. <laughs> yeah, just throw, just throw someone that knows nothing into a scenario and then boom, free exposition. Yes, and also because she's a police officer, she's in a um, the perfect um, position to ask questions because you as the audience already trust her to look for information for you. So then when she asks something or someone gives her information you and her at the same time are given the information and then you both, and then you feel like you gain a victory with her. Instead of uh, giving all the, uh, whatever happens in the form of a montage, which Edge Runners did, and also the game Cyberpunk 2077 did. That way, uh, because if you do the montage thing, you cheapen everything. It's like, oh, this happened, but because it's in a montage, it's unimportant. Yeah, or you can just start your show with your main character breaking your wall and shouting that they're the avatar and you have to deal with it. <sighs> Proof that no matter how good the animation is, a poor script will always be a poor script. Okay, uh, moving along. We're up to episode four. Um, and this is one of the, f uh, this is the first episode that more than one team is uh, busy with one mission. Stubeck, Rinaldi, Pierce, and John John, they go to a porn set because one, uh, the actor turned out to be an illegal werewolf and they need uh, people to, to look for, for him and uh, they also need to protect the, the people that who do not want to be killed or mauled. Yes, this episode taught me that insert guy is apparently a job. <laughs> and by insert guy, what he means is, let's say the uh, the guy with the dick he can't perform, he needs a stunt double. <laughs> <laughs> he gets whiskey dick and he's like, okay, insert guy, your time has come. <laughs> and uh, insert guy is, so will I. <laughs> yes, and uh, well, what I liked about this is Stubeck is worried because he he's a father of two daughters and he's like oh uh, what kind of life did they lead and that's so in character for him and then as they they look for for this werewolf he then asks uh, one of the 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 porn stars if she had a what her childhood was like and she's like i had a normal childhood parents who loved me good school she just likes to have sex for and money you know what and you know what? That's fine. <clears throat> I like the fact that uh, it's not... A, and they even acknowledge that that might be true for some girls, but that's not true for all of them. It's It, it was the one of the most mature scenes I've ever seen. And it's in about a show where uh, Pierce uses a dildo as a microphone and then he puts it in Stubeck's face. <laughs> If there was a sex toy right, right in front of your face, would you recognize it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not because I know what it is, but I know what it smells like. I know. Uh, it doesn't matter where it comes from. It only matters where it goes. <laughs> Got Nigel. 
<laughs> yes, that's a brand name. <laughs> Trademark. Yes, and then uh, we go to Landry, where she inspects the houses of uh, werewolves, uh, proving that the, in this case they, they function more like social workers than actual police. And then one of the guys, it turns out he escaped, and then she beats the shit out of this guy. <laughs> yeah, she wrecks this man's shit, and I loved it. Um, and then she, after she's done, she has to drag this guy back to his house, and then the sound guy named Jamie helps her because he's a he's a nice guy. Jamie is a, a white knight, <laughs> if you will. He's not a white knight. I think he's a good guy because uh, at no point during the show he tr- does he try to do anything because he's like, this woman's face is too leathery for me. Let me just yeah. help you because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> It's like, okay, I'll help you here. Have some cream, and then he walks away. (laughs) This isn't cream. This is speckle. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It it will only help you. (laughs) Also, here's this bag. I already already cut out the aisles. You just have to put it on. Here's a blindfold. It's like, why do I need a blindfold? Oh, no, the blindfold's for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because you have a, a, a body like a temple and a face to guard it. Don't look at me like that. Like what? Like you. <laughs> uh, uh, if we, if uh, I'm sorry for all the subtlety, we, what we mean to say is she's ugly. <laughs> what? I'm just kidding. She's not ugly. She, she just needs makeup. Yeah, she just, she just needs some cream and makeup. <laughs> she needs the cream so she can jump into it and turn into a being of pure energy. <laughs> All right. and that, that's a reference that no one's gonna get yes uh because no one listens to the podcast not because no one knows it all right so episode five this was actually quite funny uh john john accidentally beats an old guy to death he thought he was a zombie but he was just a geriatric fuck yeah but but in his defense that bitch was unnecessarily screaming but she was excited. <laughs> yeah, but she was she was screaming like uh, she was in the, on the set of a horror movie. <laughs> like I understand, like oh, bro- brother. <laughs> but she was like uh, like giving the full on "I'm dying" scream. Yeah, but uh, remember, she's old. She could have died, but of excitement <laughs> from seeing her brother who's now dead. Oh, brother was like 80, so, you know, he will not be missed. <laughs> he was in the prime of his life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he was jogging every morning. <laughs> Hypothetically. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then John John gets put on desk duty. And then him and Dashiell, they discover zombie fights, which is a reference to something that everyone who was born in the 90s knows. It's bomb fights, which was weird. I was shown bomb fights, and I'm like, why would you want to watch this? <laughs> My brother was like, oh, this is cool. I'm like, who wants to watch hobos fight each other for a beer that someone pissed in? Hey, uh, if the if it's the right kind of beer, I can see it happening. Piss beer, okay? <laughs> okay, so it's will Heineken. you fight for a beer that someone pissed in? No. <laughs> exactly. But I'm not homeless. <laughs> <laughs> not yet soon where's my rent <laughs> you'll get your rent when you fix this damn door <laughs> <laughs> I fucking knew you were Spider-Man <laughs> yeah but 
Um, I'm the best Spider-Man. Spider-Man free Spider-Man. The black one. Yeah, the black one. But I put on blackface. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I I get all the bitches, and, and also I can play I can play the piano. Yes, that that's one of the powers the Black Spider Man has. He can play <laughs> piano, and also it is home. Venom. <laughs> <laughs> it's also home to my favorite line in any movie ever. You have Eddie Brock in the church. He's like, please God, <laughs> please kill Spider Man. <laughs> God's like, oh, shit. <laughs> shit. That's all you had to say. Don't worry, I'll, I'll kill it after this movie, and then uh, a decade later, you'll get, inferior, you'll get inferior movies. And yeah. he looks like, yes! Winning. Hashtag winning. Hashtag venom. Venom. And then, when they watch the zombie fights, it's then revealed that one of the zombies is actually John John's abusive father. Which was something I, w- I did not expect. Yes. <laughs> Taking a hard left turn from zombie bomb fights to actual heartfelt moments. Yes. And then Dashiell takes John John to go to that, uh, the, the fighting venue. And then uh, they kill the zombies. And then uh, Dashiell does the right thing. And he's like, John John, leave. I'll take care of it. And then just when you think it's going to be heartfelt, <laughs> then... Uh, Dashiell goes on a tirade about him being a nudist and his dad and John John's dad being a um, a zombie is somehow related. It was weird. It was awkward. It was funny. And then uh, and then he goes home. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, he starts that whole thing after the the thing with. Um... John John having seen his father as a zombie, and they they cut to some time after he starts the conversation with, "I had a great time tonight, John John." <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was, that was I really do think that the uh, the guy who plays Dash or a lot of his lines were ad lib <laughs> because it it's so out of place. And then when you look at the uh, reactions from the other cast members. It's it, it's like they weren't expecting what he was saying, and I I think it it actually helps the show. At, at first I was like, this guy's out of place. He's too funny. Yes. And then I was like, you know what? Uh, there's only one season, so I I'll take whatever I can get. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's hilarious, and I will quote everything he says. <laughs> yes, and uh, and then Rinaldi and Landry are put together, and they prove uh a fact that uh, they prove the fact that women are incapable of working together uh, when they go to a clothing store where a zombie is located and then uh, Landry does her best and then um, Rinaldi does her best to be a bitch and I have to say this is actually the weakest part of the show is when the two women are together yeah and then they end it all with showing that yes she is in fact a lesbian yes she does kiss a woman, and you know what? I like watching women kiss each other when they're attractive. Yes, so they get a pass this time. Yes, this time. But if they're ugly, they should kiss where I can't see them. <laughs> yeah, in the corner. Go to the alleyway, the kissing alleyway. <laughs> go go to your house and close everything and switch off the lights. <laughs> Even the thought of me seeing them uh, ugly women kiss is enough to make me not want to uh, live 
Yeah, right, but so that does not spark joy. It does not. And then after, uh, at the end, uh, Stubeck gets jumped by a bunch of vampires, which uh, which also is played one hundred percent straight, uh, no jokes at all. Which I think was a good a good call. Yes, shown by um, Gamera footage view. Yes, and that was that was great. I like that. And then we go to episode six. Uh, because uh, the the nursing home mishap uh, causes the UTF to be uh, an oversight with the internal affairs. Chief Riffings <laughs> issues to these cards like uh, it's called a purse, a, a purse, a purse, <laughs> a possible undead suspect, and they're all like, "This is gonna get someone killed." Yes, and he's like, "Oh, I know better because." Whenever the government touches something, it gets better. Yeah, which is uh, which is the opposite of what what always happens. You know what we need? Communism. Yes, uh, and then uh, Rinaldi and John John they take ribbings on a ride along because <laughs> because it's their fault they did this. Yeah, uh, John John did this. He beat an old guy to death because yeah. he did it wasn't checking. Um, um, and as they they go to this uh, this plant shop, this nursery, if you will. Um, they prove to Ribbings that this card thing doesn't work, and then he gets bitten, and he's like, I need you to shoot me. I'm not allowed to do this because I'm Catholic. And then it goes full circle. They pull out the card. They're like, <laughs> hello, are you by any chance bitten by a zombie? Uh, hello, I have reason to believe that you have contracted the zombie virus. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If this is true. Please say so. <laughs> and then they they shoot the guy with the most punchable face I've ever seen in the face. Yeah. And he, he screams, I am the puss, which I found hilarious. <laughs> yes. And I, t- I too found that hilarious, especially the part where they shoot him and then beat his, desecrate his corpse with a baseball bat. Uh, <laughs> as he deserved. Yes. And, uh, and then we go to... Uh, Stubeck and Pierce, the day is super, super hot. Uh, and they find a zombie on the sidewalk being cooked. Uh, Billy then pokes it with a stick and it explodes. Yeah. Getting zombie juices everywhere. <laughs> Asking why it smells like balls. Yeah. And then he, he then uh, compares everything to balls. Up to balls. and including balls. Balls. <laughs> Yes, and uh, he takes off his shirt. It's like his wife beat her. And then we learn from Stubeck it's actually a white male rib tank top, which is the true name. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Which is crazy talk. Under under fantasy rules, uh, that, uh, <laughs> it should now obey him because he knows it's true. <laughs> 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 nice. And then... Uh, 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 Billy keeps on telling uh, Stubeck he's not fun, and Stubeck's like, you know what, I can be fun. And then he he, he runs over a bunch of zombies to show how fun he is, and then the, uh, it gets stuck on a zombie, and it sucks. Yeah. The poor sound guy wants to throw up because he he hears the crunching of the the brains underneath the car. It sounds delicious. It's it, <laughs> it was delicious. Finally, some good fucking food. Yes, and. Uh, at the end, we get some more plots. Uh, Kirsten then fo- oh, Landry follows Dashiell's niece again, and then she goes to a, uh, what they call a turning party. 
Um, and then this one girl gives us another piece of information where they um, add something new to the whole uh, vampire law of the show where she tells them that vampires can control zombies. And this then gives context to why the um, uh, the zombies attack the Bloodmobile. Yeah. Which is great. <laughs> That's fucking fantastic. Because you now... Uh, you're given breadcrumbs and then when you're given information you you think back to oh in that episode the this the vampires uh did that and then suddenly there was a horde how did that horde get there where did yeah. they come from where leaving, did they go <laughs> leaving the audience to connect dots which is way more than uh edge runners expects from its audience yeah what they do is they they, they look at you and they're like i am sad looks at camera Winks at camera, shows dialogue uh, uh, in in the the subtitles. This character is sad now, <laughs> and they, they just talk. Uh, and then the subtitle just says "sad dialogue noises." <laughs> you know, deaf people cries. <laughs> yes, and I love that. Um, you you are given more information on. On the vampires, like they give the black kiss to fuck people up when they they give them the kiss, you learn that they can control the, uh, the zombies, and that's fantastic. That shows that someone uh, or multiple someone's they sat around the table and thought about new things. They didn't want to reinvent the wheel, but they they did put uh, in a new. Uh, uh, it's like uh, when you have a bicycle, you put a playing card in it to make it go. Krrr. You're not reinventing the wheel. You're just adding something to it. And whether it's good or bad is up to the audience. And it turns out the audience thought it was bad. Dumbasses. Yeah. They're like, you know, this this is fine. You know what we need more of, though? Imagine Dean dragons. Wolf. Oh. <clears throat> and imagine dragons. Yeah, like, especially imagine. Here we are. Don't look away now. We... First things first. <laughs> Are you going to say all the words inside of your head? <laughs> Anyone who thinks Imagine Dragons is good, just go fucking read their lyrics. <laughs> if if you say, oh, this is so fucking profound, we should never meet. Yeah. Uh, and also, most music isn't supposed to be profound, but if people, a lot of people are like, you know what? Who's, who's, uh, lyrics are super fucking deep. Katy Perry. <laughs> Are you gonna uh, stare at the rain as you touch my face? Uh, that's not her, that's Adele. Okay, well, same, same, but different. Yeah, okay, one is British and fat. The other <laughs> one is Katy Perry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but we're, uh, we're, uh, we're gonna leave the, uh, the second half of this show for next week. <laughs> Because yeah. there's so much that happens, so much good shit to talk about. The exact exact opposite of Edge Runners. And you know what? I enjoyed uh, talking about something that I like. Did you enjoy talking about something you like? Oh, I fucking hated it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, did you, did you uh, hate, hate the amount you loved it? <laughs> I thrive off death. You fr what's thrive? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you're hurting my feelings. <laughs> my fault. You're you're so lispy. Uh, you know, 
uh, I'm gonna write you a strongly worded Discord message. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna do like that whole t- uh, too long didn't read TLDR. <laughs> but it's okay. Um, I really love the show. I like the way the characters talk to each other. They feel like real people. Um, it's one of those cases where I think the show is good enough as it is that I I wouldn't want to change anything. Yeah. Anything I oh, oh I would like to change one thing: the fact that it does it doesn't have any more seasons. Yeah. Get get Death Valley back on the air. Uh, that'll never happen. But you yeah. know what? We can always look for weird ass uh, slash fan fiction. <laughs> we all always have our fan fictions yes, and right. our green texts. Where uh, the the uh, partners provide protection is literally Billy fucking Stubeck in the butthole <laughs> for fifty pages, minimum. <laughs> Billy, but it's Billy is... time. <laughs> Where Stubeck? Oh no, my butthole! Well, no. what am I gonna tell my wife and kids? That's um, the neat part. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so this is where we're going to end this. And um, as always, aloha. And by that, I mean hello. Hello. (laughs) Don't forget to destroy that dislike bar. Yes, do it so hard that uh, YouTube has no other choice but to bring it back just for us. (laughs) Okay, aloha.